Welcome to Your Great Story Podcast, where we chat with founders, leaders, and changemakers to learn about their journey to make the future a reality. I'm Eric, your friendly host. Follow us on where you are tuning in or find us on any social media channels to catch highlights and snippets of our episodes. Let's be inspired by the stories while you create your great story. All right, we are on a special episode to celebrate the World Toilet Day and I am extremely honoured to have Mr. Jack Sim, who is known as Mr. Toilet with us on the show. Hi, Mr. Toilet. Welcome to the show. Hello. Well, it's a joy to have you join us today. In fact, it's very, very honoured to have you. I recall personally more than 10 years ago in NUS, I was listening to you sharing about the awesome stuff that World Toilet Organization has been uh, working in a social entrepreneurship event and also the meaningful work that you and the team have been working on uh, in BOP Hub. So it is definitely a pleasure to have you uh to be in the show to have a personal chat with you today, all right? So let's have Mr. Toilet to share more about himself with us. Uh, on to you, Mr. Toilet. Yeah. Well, I've uh, been doing social work for the last 25 years as a full-time volunteer. So two things I do. One is the talk about sanitation importance and create the awareness among policymakers, government to change their focus on sanitation because a lot of the time the people don't talk about toilet mm. and when they don't talk about toilet the so many billions of people don't have toilet but they just ignore it as if it's not a problem because when they don't have a toilet then they don't have privacy then they pollute the river mm. and spread diseases mm. through the contaminated water in the river or the fly so every year about 2 million people die of diarrhea unnecessarily. And ever since World Toilet Organization started, the world has uh, paid a lot of focus on toilet, sanitation, hygiene, hand washing. And about 1.2 billion people in developing countries over the last 21 years has gained access to proper sanitation. So the other work is uh, at BOP Hub, which is the base of the Pyramid Hub. And the idea is to help the poor help themselves and get people out of poverty through efficient marketplaces. So I will elaborate that a little bit more. Mm. But charity by giving people free things uh, not very sustainable because you can't keep giving. So you have to train people to help themselves. Right, agree. Yeah, train people to help themselves as well, not just giving uh, free things. So let's let's you know rewind the time a little bit, right? So you know, just bring us back into twenty one years ago, right? Bring us to the day one, right? You know, what got you started, and, and how do you start your first week, you know, for WTO? So I already started the Restroom Association of Singapore, trying to help clean up Singapore public toilet, and the government has always been blaming the user mm. for the, the toilet but they didn't focus on cleaning and the design of the toilet so if you don't clean then toilet doesn't clean itself toilet get dirty when when more and more users use it so after starting the restroom association of singapore in 1998 i realized that the 
there are 15 toilet associations around the world with no headquarters. So I started uh, promoting sanitation for people who don't have toilet. And then at the same time, how do we improve public toilet around the world? At first, I thought it was just um, good for fun. Mm. Right? Because when I was 40 years old, I think we have to leave a legacy, do something useful before I die. So that's no meaning continuing making money. Make money to pay the bills. If you have enough money, then use your time to save lives, to improve other people's lives. That's why I thought toilet is such a neglected subject that it's better to spend the time on neglected subject rather than the place where everybody goes. When there's a lot of funding, they will go there. So... I go to where there's no funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, just now you mentioned uh, 40 years old, you start to think about what you do for the rest of your life, right? To make impact, to save lives, to do something meaningful. So do you think 40 years old is always the mark where, you know, I really kind of think of, hey, you know, I've been slogging my life to kind of pay the bills, keep the lights on. And I'm approaching 40 in a few years, right? So what is your advice for folks like young adults like me? Well, you can still do your work, make money, but at the same time, eh, spend some time to help people. Mm. Because we come here, we take a lot of resources from the planet, receive a lot of help from other people. So we should also do the same to help other people. Because when you're only thinking about yourself, you become very narrow-minded and you become miserable. And all the time, You're thinking how people can pay attention to you, respect you. But the moment you don't think about yourself, you think about other people, then you become not so important and then you become happier. Mm. So the stress, the misery disappear when you open up your consciousness by compassion for others. Yeah, thanks. I think a lot of what you just mentioned is about serving others, right? And also kind of paying it forward, right? Because we are kind of sucking resources from the planet, right? To live our lives, but we do need to contribute back to the community, right? And making impact as well. I'm going to rewrite the time even more, right? To to your growing up years. Mm. Tell us a bit more about, you know, your your you know first 20 years of your life or, or even the first 30 years of your life. How, how do you grow up? And, and did that contribute to your whole entrepreneurship journey or social entrepreneurship journey? I grew up in a very poor family and uh, my father was a provision shop delivery man, salary very low. And yet the family is uh, very happy and everybody is very close. So I think the happiness and money is not very related. Uh, Of course, you need a minimum amount of money to pay the bills, to get by. eh? But a lot of us are already past the point. And growing up, I saw even when we don't have money, my my mother was helping the neighbors a lot. So if she can help people when she herself is poor, then uh, when I grew up and my brother and my sister, we all do the same. So the role modeling was very good. Mm, Yeah, I think definitely we all definitely look into our parents, what they are doing and that impact us as we grow up, right? 
that's a good segue of you as a parent. I know you have four kids, right? Tell us a bit more about how you parent your kids, right? As, as a role model that you just mentioned. Children, you cannot tell them what to do. Mm. You can only show them how you do it and it's up to them to adopt it or be inspired by it or ignore it. It's up to them. You cannot uh, ask them to be you. I think that role modeling has heavy influence, but I still don't know because they are just started to go to society, just started to work, they have their own life. I think what I can do is only to show them what I do mm-hmm. and leave it to them to, to decide what to do. I think they look like decent people <laughs> and I, I'm already happy about that. And it's healthy, they, healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Healthy is important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, mentally sound people, caring people. Whether they do social work or not, uh, I, I don't know. We have to wait. Yeah. Right, right. Thanks for sharing. We're going to ask about, you know, I knew that you were running some businesses, right? Um, during your younger days, right? Before you started uh, World Toilet Organization. So tell us a bit more about these businesses that you have ran and how these businesses kind of land on, help you land on what you're doing right now. I fail everything in O-level, so mm. I'm not good at studies. So I start business quite early after the first job as a salesman in building material sales. And it went very well. So grew into 16 companies. So I started opening up the biggest brick factory in Malaysia, then the biggest clay rooftop factory in Malaysia, then the Australian International School, where we have 3,500 students, and real estate development, trading, all kind of investment company. Mm. So by 40, I made a little bit of money. So I thought better spend the time to mm. do social work because what we're spending is time, not money. When we finish spending our time, we die. Mm. So that time is so precious that to exchange it with more money has no need. You see? Mm. You've got enough to eat, to pay the bill, to send the children to school. Mm. So after that, I have to use the time to do social work. I, I just find that service is the highest exchange for time. Mm, service the highest exchange for time. Well said, well said. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I mean, enough is subjective for everybody, right? Enough for you doesn't mean enough for me. Enough for me doesn't mean enough for my friend, right? So I think sufficiency, right? Or, or even being con- contented with what you have is actually kind of quite important, right? Because you kept, you buy a, you know, bigger condo, you get a car and, and get those things and you get yourself in loan and you're forever in this loop of getting, you need, you need more money. Mm. So I realize this is happening, especially in Singapore, right? In this society. I, I've heard a saying, right? So running a business uh, is hard, but running a social business is even harder. Do you agree and why? Social business is harder because when you run a commercial business, you have to make profit. You sell things, people one, the customer can pay for it. Social business, the customer very often cannot pay for it. So you have to find some other source of income. And your purpose is impact. 
rather than money. However, running social business is more joyful. So it gives you a lot of positive energy. So no matter how difficult you have the energy to carry on to until it's soft and to do more and more. Mm. Running commercial business give you money reward or give you losses. Mm. So that's the difference. Mm. But for me, if you ask me to exchange time that is very precious mm. for money that is not very precious, then I felt that the selling time to my buy money is a loss-making business. Mm. So although you earn money, you're actually losing time. And that's a loss-making business. A lot of businessmen, of course, don't agree with me that uh, time is that precious because they think they're going to live for like, I don't know, 200 years. <laughs> but, but actually, they all die. Nah. So around mm. 80, 84, 85 people die. Mm. So I'm already 65, right? So I don't have a lot of time. So I want to do more and more social work. Mm. You have been doing a lot. I think you've been doing a lot. I've seen, I've seen you know the impact they have been doing globally. In fact, right uh, across so many countries and across so many leaders of countries as, as well. You know, and and what I've been sharing about about making impact. The kind of when I was reflecting, I was doing a change makers series on a podcast with a few, uh, like for example, food bank Singapore, where they are you know uh, tackling the food insecurity problem. The question to you is, what is the most important thing, right, when it's running a successful social business? Basically, we take the problem, the mission that we are trying to solve and put it as a very important at the highest point. Mm. So the mission is above us. Then we realize that, wow, billions of people don't have toilet mm. and 4 billion people are poor, right? So these are very huge problems. So we have then to mobilize a lot of people to solve this problem together. Because a lot of people make the mistake of trying to put themselves in the center of the, of the journey and to save the world by themselves. Then in that case, they can do very little. They can do as much as their capacities allow. But if you were to put that mission in the center and not yourself, then you can start to invite other people and more and more people join. Not join you. They join the mission. So you are not important. The mission is important. In this case, you won't become the obstacle to your mission. So I realized that creating movement is much more impactful than doing it yourself. Mm. Yeah, right, yeah, right. And, and you mentioned about mobilizing people to solve the problem, the problem together, right? Can you sh- shed some light on how you kind of mobilize and motivate people to come together to solve a problem like that? I start with telling story in the media. And when the media found the story to be very interesting, they write about it and then they promote the mission. Mm. But the story has to be interesting because if you keep telling the same story they will say that oh that story has been covered before but if you always create new angle then the media will continuously cover it like 19th of november our founding day of the world dollar organization is adopted by the un 
as UN World Toilet Day. Mm. So every mm. country is celebrating World Toilet Day. So in this case, it became legitimized and it's automatic that every country observe World Toilet Day. And by observing, by creating the awareness, they drive demand for people to want to have toilet. So when people want to have toilet, politicians start to promise toilet to win election. So then once they won election, the bureaucrats have to allocate budget to build toilet. Mm. They have to write policy. And then the celebrities come in, the donors, the volunteers, the NGOs, they come in. And the university also support by doing research. So in this case, toilet become a movement and everybody do it in their own name, within their own talent area. And I think that this is how you mobilize everybody. And most of the people I mobilize, I also never met them before. Mm. But they know that there's World Toilet Day and they take action themselves. So I think these are the impact that goes way beyond myself. Yeah, well said. Thanks for sharing. I realized something. It's a lot of importance on you know making your mission, their mission as well. Yes. Right. So when, when both missions are aligned, then the impact is even multiplied, right? Mm. Yeah. And when it is their mission, then they own it. Yes. And they are doing it in their own name, in the name of their own organization. Right. Mm. So I think if you think about food bank, it's the same. The mm. food crisis needs a lot of helping hands. So... Food bank got a lot of supporter. People donate the food. People distribute the food. You know. Yes. And when people saw that a food bank is doing it, then they also start to do mm. something else by themselves. And I think this is all good. You see, yeah. you can't save the world alone. Nah. Nobody has the capacity of mm. playing at the billion level scale. So mm. world problem are very large. Singapore population is. Five and a half million world population is eight billion. Out of eight billion, four billion are poor, earning less than eight dollars US a day. So I think this there is enough work for us to go around the world to help. Yeah, agree, agree. And I think yeah, it's about really getting people together and then believing on your mission and they also contribute and also build on it as well, right? Mm. You know, going back to the whole you know social entrepreneurship. Can you share some of the pitfalls? Because you've probably seen a lot of social entrepreneurs kind of come along, right? So what are some of the pitfalls of social entrepreneurs starting up, having the passion? Yeah. One of the pitfalls is to see yourself as a hero. So you must not see yourself as a hero. Mm. You are a servant. Nothing to celebrate about. You are just there to help. So once you're not a hero, other people are more happy to join you. Mm. If you are a hero, then uh, they'll leave you alone. So that's one. Secondly is that try not to have a high overhead. A lot of NGO think about resource. Like I must fundraise, I must pay bills, I must employ people. Try to get volunteers, get free staff. Fundraising is not so easy, but friends raising are easy. So if you cannot employ people, get volunteers mm. so that you won't burn out, you won't end up being very stressed, you won't go bankrupt. Uh, 
And uh, thirdly, of course, if you do this within your volunteer time, then actually there's no overhead. So I haven't been drawing a salary for 25 years, so it's very sustainable. Mm. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Super insightful as well. You know, let's kind of you know, switch gears a little bit on managing passion, right? I think you're deeply passionate in this problem space, right? And each and every one of us have different passions. So with these passions, time is always limited, right? As you said, time is, time is also a treasure, right? So how do we manage our time in running WTO, our passions, and also managing other priorities in life, like spending time with your family and friends? Time is everybody has uh, 24 hours a day. But time is very expandable when you have more energy. If you have more energy, you have more time. Because you can do a lot of things at that same given time. And if you can leverage a lot of people to do it, then time expands. Because you're not doing it, you're creating a movement where thousands and thousands of other people are doing it. So the time value impact of your time can be hundreds of times or thousands of times more than 24 hours a day. Mm. And if you are passionate and you're enjoying it, your creativity will push you to new ideas and it's very energizing. The more fun you have, the more purpose you have, the more time you will have. So time is a very interesting thing because if you have no energy, you actually have no time. If you are every day very stressed, if you're very linear, you get very tired. So you don't have time. And if you enjoy and you have purpose, I think you will also have a very healthy life because you're no more stressed by the work, you're enjoying it. So you got more time and also you got more health when you have more fun and more purpose. Wow, uh, that's golden, Mr. Tyler, that's golden. I mean, you just mentioned about something so important, which is you have more energy, you have more time. That's one. And second is that, you know, it's not just your one hour, it's a thousand people's one hour as well, right? And making more impact together when you get people together, right? Cool. Just, you know, wrapping up with a past last last few, you know, probably four or five questions, right? As we, let's wrap up with a 30 minutes time frame. If you could turn back time, if you could turn back time when you were 40 or even 20, what will you change and why? I think first is uh, I can't turn back time. Yes. But life has a way of uh, leading us to things to happen. That means sometimes you think you can plan your life, but actually life plans for you. If I, 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 it's because I failed school, that's why I could be businessman because by nature, I don't have a opportunity cost to become a manager. So mm. the other opportunity cost is to do business. Mm. So sometimes all the bad things that happen to you become good things. And after making money, then I start to think of a higher purpose that is social work. So I think there are, uh, there are sequences and, and of course it's triggered by things people say, things I read in the newspaper, books I read, and then it culminates into a series of events. So I think that sometimes life tells you what to do, 
And I, I don't think that the journey that I've taken is planned. Mm. It's all caused by serendipity. Even the business successes that I have, I think it's caused by luck. Mm. So I do something a little bit, but the luck helped me to succeed. Yeah. So even doing the social work, there's a lot of wishes, but sometimes it don't happen. But the other things happen. So I think you just live in the natural flow and try your best. As long as you keep on trying your thoughts, some things will happen. Mm. But uh, I don't know how much of life can be planned. Yeah. Even you, you cannot plan to be born in Singapore. You cannot plan to be born <laughs> a, a male or a female. You cannot plan to choose your parents, your race the way you look. And so a lot of things are not actually planable. Yeah, yeah, right, you're right. Very <laughs> well said on, on the life plan for you is that you plan your life, huh? really, right? Because something just hit you, right? You kind of, you go day by day and week by week, but something just happened and this this series of events and how you connect the dots, right? I think it's important. Right? How you connect the dots and realize, that, hey, this is something I can try. And you try and then you turn out to be bigger than you quite expected. And you keep on doing it and it's good. It's positive energy as well. Mm. Yeah. And you know, just to, just to wrap up your two questions, is what is your definition of, of success? I think success is uh, how much can you impact on the life of other people. Mm. I think a billionaire should be one that improves the life of a billion people. So you should not measure success by money. Why? Because when you leave, you cannot bring the money together with you. Therefore, you are going to be talking to yourself at the last moment of your life. You want to say, it was a useful journey. Lots of good things happened. And now that I'm going to die, at least, you know, I did something useful. Mm. The alternative message you want to say to yourself might be, I made a lot of money. Look at my bank account. Somebody come and see my bank account. Then you say, ah, I died. But there's no meaning. Yeah. No meaning. Yeah, right. So okay. you don't want to check your bank balance on the last day. You want to say to yourself, you have been useful for society. Wow. It's like so deep. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, definitely I don't want, you know, my last year of my life to say, oh yeah, I have this amount of money. So what, right? So what? So what? Right? It's, yeah, it's about the impact you make you make to people, millions, billions, or even thousands of people, right? At least. Mm. And kind of speaking of that is that, you know, I, I, I know your your motto is kind of living a useful life to make impact. You know, for listeners here, for myself, you know, for young young adults kind of working life. What's your advice? Like how do we find our unique purpose in life? You can try to find, but it will also find you. Mm. You just want to do something. And then uh, you can start try and error or joining some NGO or read up some things about poverty, disadvantaged people, what's their problem. Be interested in other people. Mm. And remember not to be too interested in yourself. Yep. Then you will start to let go of yourself and start to embrace others. And then you'll start to feel love. The more love you can give, the more lovely you become. Not other people see you as lovely. You see yourself as lovely. 
I think it's better than defending yourself all the time, trying to impress people. Uh, that's not important. Yeah, well said, well said. Yeah. Last question, and you talk about being involved, right? Uh, in, in NGO or in social enterprises. So how do folks get involved with BOP Hub or even WTO? Oh, you can just contact me. Um, my Facebook is open. You can read my Facebook. You can message me. I think it's very hard to become a Facebook friend of mine because already reached uh, 5,000 friends. But uh, you can message me. And then LinkedIn also, you can find me. Mm. I welcome everyone to volunteer and you can start uh, enjoying yourself and I can impart my experience and you'll be happy doing this. And a big thank you to Mr. Jaxi, Mr. Toilet, to share ways to live a useful life. Thank you. Thank you for your precious, precious time. I know you're so busy, but super, super appreciative of your time. Thank you, Mr. Toilet. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Your Grid's Story Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Chase your dreams, live out your passion, and discover Your Grid's Story.